0: hi i'm rebecca roberts hi i'm harriet small welcome to have you got five minutes the
1: pr comms and marketing podcast answering the things you'd normally have asked someone really quickly about at an event or while making a brew in the office hello so this week we're starting off with a topic which is becoming a bit of a pet hate of mine which is some of the weird and wonderful posts we're seeing on linkedin mainly the ones where you just think no that didn't happen like your five-year-old didn't say you are a generous soul and a wonderful marketer um and i just think some of them are becoming really strange in terms of trying to almost like position yourself as a good human to other people what do you reckon harriet
0: yeah, there was there was some last year that were just getting a little bit too much. The saviour complex, you know, I found this person and they really needed help and then I helped them and I'm going to take a picture of them and blast it all over the internet. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about those.
1: Yeah, we talk about that, you know, being authentic online and it is a bit of a buzzword, but I think, you know, obviously we curate an element of ourselves on there. But it's almost goes back to almost having a clear plan for your personal brand and how you want to talk about yourself. Like you can talk about the work you do in a way that you know shows you in a good light without sort of trying to make out you're the Dalai Lama. Um, it's just some of the stuff is really bizarre. And if you don't already follow it, state of LinkedIn is a good one to check out because they do call out a lot of the, I guess, uncomfortable cringe posts on there. Yeah, I th-
0: I think I think sometimes people. People sometimes are now using LinkedIn as as a gateway of communicating um, in a professional context. And they're getting it wrong. They're, they're bringing that sort of same Facebook mindset to um, LinkedIn, which is quite frustrating. And that's probably why less millennials are on it or active on it. Um, I think because they can just see through all of that.
1: Yeah, it's a real interesting one. There was um, a movement a few years ago, I'll try and find the link for the show notes, where um, people were encouraged to actually do something for the environment, not just talk about it as social currency online. And I kind of worry with some of the acts of kindness, whilst they are really inspiring, are kind of the motives behind that from people from a privileged position, I think should be considered because there is a human cost to these.
0: I, d- I don't know how I would feel if somebody got me a job or helped me get a, a role and then talked about things that were quite personal to me or that I wouldn't want my future employer to know about my circumstance if I was in a difficult situation. And then also my future work colleagues. But that stuff stays on the internet. It gets shared in, in WhatsApp groups, it gets shared on Twitter, it gets shared on Facebook. And then you're now this person who was in a very dire situation and you were rescued. And, and will you get the respect that you deserve if you're in a leadership or management position? It, it Yeah, I'm a bit conflicted on that.
1: Yeah, the other big red flag for me is the posts where people are sort of sharing what they're earning and what they're driving, because I'm all for sort of sharing success and personal story, and that's, you know, people's own business. But I do worry where it's coming from. Like, are they trying to get people involved in a, I don't know, pyramid sales scheme for Empower, or are they, you know, just total narcissists?
0: It's, it's like it's like the... Um... During the summer of 2020, he was sharing how much money they had saved because they were working from home. And then you sort of think, but businesses are collapsing all around you because you're working from home. Other people have lost their jobs. There's redundancy, there's furlough, there's everything else. And here you are boasting about the thousands that you've saved because you're not commuting, you're not buying lunch, you're not going out for drinks, you're not buying a new outfit every Friday night. Yeah, I, I found those really kind of... Yeah, they made my skin crawl a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I guess the other one is just having, um, being totally sycophantic and just loving everything without actually having an opinion or challenging things. And I guess that just becomes like white noise on LinkedIn now.
0: So for today's Five Minutes With, we've invited Kamika Pierce, who is um, the CEO of Calder, which she founded in lockdown. And she's also the CEO of the UK Black Comms Network. And she's also a member of the PRCA board. Our first question is
2: really, what does community mean to you,
0: especially in the professional context?
2: I think that's a really good question. Uh, Community for me has, I think in the professional context up until last year, um, has always just been about my kind of team that I'm working with. Um, I was in-house for a few years before I set up Colder and before that in agency and I just think my immediate team that I worked with really provided me with that immediate sense of community. I didn't necessarily feel part of the wider PR and communications community. Um, I'm not that big on Twitter. I didn't really engage with a lot of those types of communities so I felt like it was purely yeah whoever I would see um, on a daily basis or work with regularly.
0: Why does the Black Comms Network exist? So, why... so the main
2: reason why I set it up was, um, so about a year ago, I kept bumping into um, Black Women in Comms in terms of when I went to conferences and went to, when I went to events. And, I, and there was always a little bit of either us being mistaken for each other or us not really knowing that much about each other. And so initially, I sort of set up a bit of a WhatsApp group every time I met someone or people would just recommend people to add people into the... Um, into the group and that was a first sense of kind of community outside of where I worked Um, and then towards the beginning of last year I started really thinking about how I could make that community bigger or bring it to more people because the WhatsApp group was getting far too big Um, and was starting to think about it and then I think with everything with um, sort of BLM and people sharing lots of their stories about, or lots of black comms professionals sharing their stories about their experiences, it became really apparent that everyone was had similar experiences or could relate to each other, but had never met each other or would say things like, or if I shared my story and people would say, oh, I just never um, met you before. I didn't know there was other people that felt like me. So that sense of community um, really became a need and when um, me and um, and the team did some research um, with Opinion last year, the number one thing that black comms professionals said that they wanted was a network of people um, that looked like them. You know, out of all of the things we asked them about professional development, we asked about jobs, we asked about um, just general kind of um, mentoring, coaching, all the kind of usual things that you would expect a network to offer. And every time we did our mini polls when we were having kind of warm up events, uh, it would always be that that network and that community piece was really important and so when we were kind of building the network that was what we focused on first was just understanding what who the community is I think oftentimes um you unite on challenge and on issues and then you don't necessarily unite on just when things are good so um trying to get beyond just uniting in terms of negative experiences and building a community where everybody can sort of network develop but also have safe spaces where they can have conversations that they really want to have
1: Yeah, the research you've done is amazing. We'll obviously link to that in the show notes. How do you see kind of partnerships and other organisations working with you to expand what the comms network is trying to achieve? So
2: for black comms, our vision um, overall is that we want black British culture to be better represented um, in the UK. And so in order for us to achieve that mission, we see that there's almost three parts to it. The first part is absolutely centered on black comms professionals and making it a more equitable experience for black comms professionals. So the community part is really key. The second part is industry. So the industry in which we exist, working with partners who can support us on that journey to making it a more equitable experience. So from an agency or company point of view, we're really looking to kind of corporate partners to support their staff to join our network um, so that we can collaboratively use our convening power to address some of the issues that Black comms professionals are facing. And from a brand point of view, what's really key for us is that we can support um, our community at large. And when I say that, I mean Black-owned businesses who don't always get access to um, PR and comms support or media training if a founder needs to go um, for an interview so we have already worked with and are looking to work with more brands who can support us from a funding point of view so that we can then fund our network to deliver um, tailored comms support where those people by the nature of us being kind of um, part of the Black British community um, understand those businesses on a different level but also have that broader comms experience to achieve our bigger mission of improving the way black people are represented in the UK media those three strands are really important to us achieving our goal and and therefore how we want to partner with brands businesses and, and other PR agencies.
0: In terms of um, aspirations for the future for those already in the industry and then thinking about next steps in terms of leadership because we know there's a, a challenge um, at the at the most senior leadership of our of our industry of black professionals
2: so what are your what did you discover in your research and what is sort of the way forward do you think? So our research found that um half of black comms professionals have never been promoted, so never received an internal promotion. And when you look at the latest PR census, it's that there's evidence of that too, in that I think the data was that fifty four percent of account executives are white British, but then eighty eight percent of senior leaders are white British. So there is a drop off and there is a almost this understanding or which is unfortunate that black con professionals seem to get stuck in the middle So might have lots of years of experience, but really struggle to get the promotions that they need, which are the gateway to senior leadership role. Um, And I think, you know, when I have conversations with members of the network, there's about 100 of us now. um, It's the same conversation over and over and over again. They can't seem to prove um, that they deserve the senior title or the senior role. And that is an ongoing problem. I think in addition to that, what then happens is that people lose their confidence. And, um, you know, when you're sitting in an account director role, and you've got 15 years of experience, and for whatever reason, you cannot get to the next level, that has a real knock on effect in terms of self confidence, imposter syndrome, and all of those things. So I think that there's lots that needs to be done there needs to be an understanding and that needs to be recognized within the industry so people need to look internally at their teams and then equally um, one of the things we're doing as part of the network is career coaching and those sorts of things where you know some of these attributes have set in and we need to kind of help individuals who may be feeling a little bit like they've been left behind or not have the confidence that they need to progress so we're looking at how we can help from a kind of individual level and then really keen to work with industry on how we can make the change um from an external point of view
0: thank you that was really informative and i'm sure some of our listeners will be in touch no worries thank you (laughs) Thanks for joining us and everything we've mentioned will be in the show notes.
1: We're here to answer the questions you need answers to and talk about the PR, communications and marketing topics you care about because we've got five minutes.
0: You can DM us or contact myself, Harriet, at condoveracoffee.com and Rebecca at threadandfable.com.
1: If you're enjoying the podcast, please do rate, review and subscribe so others can find us. Find us on Twitter
0: at
2: Rebecca7Roberts and at HarrietSmallZ.